Episode 3, Fall. I'm Danielle, and I'm playing Charles the Big Game Hunter. Charles looks exactly like the hunter from Jumanji, just with a velvet smoking jacket over his outfit, but of course he still has a pith helmet and a giant mustache. Charles is an elderly man that spent his life hunting down the most exotic animals he could find. Then one day, Charles came upon his first monstrous beast. At that very moment, Charles knew what he had to do with his life. Focus on hunting these newly discovered beasts so he can reupholster his trophy room in the hide and skin of all the winged creatures he can find. Charles has been able to hunt down all of his prey but one. A quad-winged manticore. If Charles can take down this behemoth, he can finally finish up his trophy room. A year after Charles turned his eye to a deadly target, he teamed up with Alice. I'm Dallas, and I'm playing Alice the Expert. Alice has spent their life dedicated to researching the supernatural and unexplained. All over time, they can find ways to connect mysterious events to the occult or some beast. Alice spends most of their time in their lore library far away from danger. Alice teamed up with Charles because they were also very interested in winged monsters. Many of them defy all logic on how they can fly with their mass to wing ratios. I mean, uh, well, that partnered with the specimens Charles brings back for Alice made Charles an easy choice to team up with. Alice has a proclivity for winged cryptids, but they do find all types interesting. Like their ghost companion, Harold. I'm Paul, and I'm playing Harold the Monstrous. Harold was owner and operator of an amusement park until one fateful day his whole life changed. Well, that actually ended. Harold was doing some cleaning up in the Hall of Mirrors when a large manticore snuck in and it had Harold for a meal. The next morning, Harold woke up to find Charles and Alice standing over him with shocked looks on their faces. Harold stood up and looked down to see his mangled body on the ground and his spectral hands reaching out in front of him. Not having an understanding of anything involving ghosts outside of the movie Casper, Harold assumes his unfinished business is to team up with Charles and Alice to hunt down this beast. I'm Brandon, and I'm playing Lope the Wronged. Lope knew nothing about ghosts and ghouls until it was too late. Lope came home and had one last dinner with his wife and son before it happened. He got up to go to the kitchen, and when he came back, the manicord already ripped his wife and kid to shreds. He lost everything that mattered to him, right then and there. Grabbing whatever he could, Lope assaulted the manticore and took its eye. His attack sent the manticore running, and after that, Lope met up with Charles on their shared hunt of the beast. All Lope wants in life is to even the stakes with this creature, and today, he wants to see that through. Charles has spent his whole life hunting down beasts, but none have ever given him such a challenge as this quad-winged manticore. With the aid of Alice, Harold and Lope, Charles is sure to take down his prey. Ready to end things once and for all, these four load up for the final hunt in Waukegan, Illinois.
so you have all traced this manticore down and it's has made its haven in this old abandoned motel called the uh, Midiosin. You know where the manticore is, so right now you all kind of need to make a plan to have a diversion tactic to get it out of there because Alice has researched some manticore poison that they can plant inside of like, you know, its nesting area to make it weaker. So the essential idea is draw the manticore out of its nest long enough to plant the poison, let the manticore go back to its nest and then ambush it later that night. You all are gonna be deciding how you're gonna do that right now. Well, chaps, it's wonderful. Wonderful that we've almost got the manticore. Here, um, does anybody have any suggestions on how to draw it out of its lair so that we can poison it, put it back, and then skin it. Who's got thoughts? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the skinning it part. I, it's a lot better to research specimens while they're still alive. And this is a quite particular specimen that I am very interested in researching. Um, but we could always just, like, annoy it out of the nest. So that, like, if you just, like, poke it enough... It might get really mad and like try to chase you away or, 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 or is it, if it's nesting, it may have eggs. And if it has eggs, then we could try to steal the eggs. Omelette, think brilliant about idea, on Alice. Nest, then it'll come and chase us away from its eggs. Ooh. Yes, I'm feeling quite peckish myself. You're quite right. Lopez just like sitting back away from everybody, arms crossed, kind of watching everything, mutters out kind of softly to himself. Manicor's fast. You don't want chasing you. Mm, very That's a very good pay. point. Yeah, and it does have what? Does it has two sets of wings? That's what makes it. It's very large for a manticore. Even though manticore aren't common, you'd say this is around like a good ten, ten and a half feet. And it does have a second uh, set of wings, and it's a full set of wings. It's not like a smaller one. So it's definitely a very terrifying looking beast. So we could we could build a decoy, like a little like a little manticore baby out of I don't know sheets and things. Yes, or well, yes. I mean, I could just go, it can't fly through stone, right? Like, what's its layer? I, I don't cave, expect that right? manticores can fly through stone. I've never met a manticore that can fly through stone. I, I, I'd have to go back into my research in order to figure out if there's any history of manticores flying through stone. So I could float in through, Harold phases up and down through the floor, you know, like this, annoy it in theory, and then float back up through, and it would come out chasing something, but I... It, it, would, it could touch you, old chap, it could, with its claws, and, I you know. know. But if I could pass in through the wall and just up out of there, unless it's some, got some kind of boundary. It's true, but, like, can a ghost die again? Oh, I'm, oh, something I am never not excited to find science. out, but it doesn't seem to work so far, yes. No, I have tried. If anybody can figure it out, please send me your research. Thank you. Listen, Weston, how, uh... How far you can shoot? Oh, how, how far can I shoot? It, it depends on the kind of weapon. I have quite a nice high-powered rifle. I would say a couple hundred yards at least. So, Harold goes in, gives it a spookum. We get in the car, drive out, fire at it from as far as we can, get moving. A road race with weaponry. I like how you think, Lope. I... who's driving? He kind of shrugs. Well, I'm shooting. I shouldn't shoot and drive at the same time. That's ludicrous. I can drive. I think we've established I can't. Obviously. Well, not with that attitude, Harold. Your lifest approach to things is really starting to rub me the wrong way, and I am going to- So wait a second. Wait a second. If we're driving while the manticore is chasing us, who's going to plant the poison? 
Well, sounds like a job for Alice. Oh, you me? Oh, me? Oh, you want me to go? Oh, well, yes. Unless you want to drive. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. You know all about the poison. You're the perfect person to handle it. Yeah. You want? You just want me to go into the lair of a beast and and no, no, no. We'll go. I'll go into the lair. You'll get to deal with it out in the world where it can fly. And if things get bad, I'll toss the wheel over to Charles and come back for you. The idea of the poison is you want to soak all the food sources of the manticore in the poison just in case. You're pretty much just hedging your bets, especially for a manticore of this size. Even if it doesn't detect anything, you just want to make sure that it's potent enough. So the idea kind of that you're all proposing is that Lope and Charles go in a car. Charles, like, draws fire after Harold does some spooky ghost stuff to try to draw it out of the building. And then Alice waits long enough to go in and plant the poison. Yep. Precisely. Well, it sounds like a plan. You know what? And, it and does honestly, sound this like is probably a plan. our best plan. We should have a backup plan, though. Well? Like, what's plan B? What happens if the manticore turns around because it decides it doesn't want to chase something that's shooting at it because it's tired? Yeah, we I get out the car die. and come back for you. A better call. I, I, I'm okay. a fan. We're just gonna pack my shotgun just in case. Well, we wouldn't just let you languish there like some kelpie or something like that. We're obviously going to come back and get you. All right, well, it sounds like a plan to me. Well, gird your lines, friends, because it's time to go manticore hunting. <laughs> Let's get this manty. What kind of preparation are y'all doing before this? What kind of stuff would you uh, want to have to be prepared for this fight? Probably like a smoke or flash bombs to enable running away in emergencies. Alice, they are going to kind of stock up on some just defensive stuff. Can Charles give everybody a pith helmet? Not that it's going to help. It's symbolic. <laughs> Harold's like, you can is try that, and give me a pith that, helmet. Is that like the hat from the Hunter and Jumanji dude? 100%. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, Charles offers everybody a pith helmet if they would like it. Uh, obviously, Harold... Uh, <laughs> Harold can't take it. Clack, 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 oh, clack. I keep forgetting about it. I'm so sorry. Let no, me just... No, it's fine. I, I appreciate the thought. Harold floats down through to the lore library and looks up what manticores might be most frightened of or dislike the most. Because that's got to be something to try and emulate while we're in the cave. Alice, what kind of like stuff do you have for like lore checks and stuff? Well, I have person with a plan. So like at the beginning of each mystery, I can roll sharp. So I guess I'll roll sharp. Oh, I got seven, but then, oh, wait, my sharp is a uh, plus two, so that gets me nine. Nice. Oh, well, then I do wish to assist if that's... Uh, yeah, so you can roll to help out. Uh, so a nine, and I expose myself to trouble or danger. Pull, you pull a plus one. Alice goes down, they search through their lore library, and then find out that there is this certain type of uh, magical silver blade. It's not that it hurts them really bad. It's like it's like the idea of a paper cut for a manticore. Hmm. Like just the touch of this kind of silver on their skin. It is also not good for ghosts. You will be more susceptible to damage. Whenever you're wielding it, you would take one additional harm. But the, that would definitely like really make a manticore pissed and annoyed. Well, that's then is that a thing we have and or can get? You know, I'm saying uh, Alice has that. Oh, that will yeah. blend it. Can we get that in bullet form? No, uh, <laughs> it is definitely like it's not a one of a kind sword, but the the material that like that it's made from 
and the um, shape of it. Perhaps. Yeah, and all of that. Like, it's definitely not a. Uh, I'm assuming Alice d- isn't the type that wants to like melt down their. Oh, of course not. <laughs> their artifacts and stuff like that. Well, raisinets, Alice. <laughs> This is a valuable <laughs> historical artifact. Yes, but Manticore is a valuable historical beast. I'm going to leave it in the trunk for now. Okay. Uh, while we ride over. Uh, Lope and Charles. Were, were we going to take Charles's car or Lope's car? I was thinking we were going to take Lope's car. What's Lope's car? Uh, Lope's car is a jet black lowrider converted 1984 Cutlass Supreme with refinished red leather interiors. Yeah. Wow, you really, you really did spend wow. an hour looking up cars. I think if you're yeah. gonna go driving around town shooting a gun, you gotta look cu- fucking cool when yeah. you're doing it. So yeah, so I think we're gonna, yeah. We're yeah. gonna it, mount. It came from his life before. It's the only thing that you know came from his life before. You can safely rig up a gun mount in his car. It's not. You assure Lope that it's not gonna scratch the car, and it doesn't. No, it's all suction. Yeah. and magnets. What are you doing, uh, Lope? Lopez got the the trunk open and it's just like filled with like terrifying shit for someone to have in the back of their car. Knives and rope, tape and chains and just like it's like a horrifying thing if you didn't know. It's a serial killer car. It's a serial killer car, yeah. (laughs) He talks with Charles, picks up like a six pack of beer and an energy drink. He's prepared. He's always prepared. How are uh, Harold and Alice, are you, are you two just going to kind of sneak your way down to the Manticore lair? Ride to there, and I'm going to sneak in, and then, yeah, I should uh, find a good place to hide while I go annoy it into coming out. Yeah. So, yeah, the two of you can be going and, like, setting up, like, a block away so you don't have to do any rolls yet. So where is the how, is the car, like, sitting outside of it? What's the plan where Lope and Charles are in the car? Charles told me how far he can shoot, so I put the car about that distance, and we're in drive. That makes sense to me. Okay, and so I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming Charles has one of his, like, long-range, high-caliber snipers Oh, 100%. Up. It's modded out. Lopez got a rifle with him, too, but he's probably not going to be doing much shooting the rifle while driving. That seems really hard. Alice or Harold, whichever one of you want to, uh, roll to read a bad situation, so as you're kind of, like, Assessing your approach. Well, since my plan is to phase in and through the buildings to get away, that is definitely an Alice call. Nine. So you get to choose one question off of that list. I will say a nine is helpable. Oh, also, did you? I'm assuming you grab the uh, the sword. Yeah, the okay. sword is in with the gear. I'm gonna grab it before I. I don't. Yep. Yeah, I don't wander around just holding yeah, a thing I'm, that I'm, makes I'm me vulnerable. I'm carrying the sword right now, and I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to Harold. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Harold, you can roll uh, to uh, to help out. That is a nine. What am I plus doing? Cool. Then ten. You give them a plus one, and so you actually now get to hold three off of the read a bad situation list. Let's see. The question I want to ask is where's a safe spot to hide? But I suppose the way that that could be determined is like what's the best way in and any dangers i haven't noticed you're trying to look in there and what you see is it's a single level motel it looks like the main office is kind of like in the middle of it and then spread off from like each side there's like a a a row of rooms on the left side of the main office you do see there's like a big broken in window. And so you look in and to see that that is the side that the manticore has kind of taken a nap in. And so you think the best way for you to try to like be able to get in there once Harold spooks it, there is a series of dumpsters that you could probably hide in while Harold is going in to draw it out. 
and then get out and then go into there. Part of the plan is because manticores have very heightened senses, but the dumpsters definitely would mask your smell. <laughs> and also they're protective right. to be inside of. So you do get a lay of where the manticore is and you do see it in there. It's sleeping. And then the other question that I'm going to have right now, and I'm going to hold one of them, but the other question is, are there any dangers that we haven't noticed? Right now, it does seem like uh, you, like the intel that like you had been gathering was right, that like it's, this is it's kind of uh, not full hibernation season, but like it's a little more uh, tired, and it doesn't seem like there's any suspicious stuff going on. It does look like you'd be able to, without any like checks or anything like that, if you're just like... You know, going forward with the plan, you can just go hide in the uh, the dumpsters. Okay. Well, seems good to me. Okay, I'm gonna hide in the dumpster. You take the sword. Uh oh, sure. All all right. I glad. I'm gonna get into the dumpster, and while I'm in there, I'm actually gonna rub some trash on me <laughs> to try to like to try to like mask my smell a bit more. When Harold draws the sword, he starts like he fizzles in, is a little less transparent, and so little color comes into his face, but that fades back out. So mono gray, but a little thicker through. Harold is trying gonna make his way through the front gate so he kinda gets a grip of what there is to like avoid as he passes back out as quickly as possible without getting eaten. You're gonna roll act under pressure. You're just trying to like sneak your ghost way in there. That's a six. It's occurring to me right now that we sent like our least combat capable people in. Can, can, is there anywhere I can help out in You're this? You're in a dumpster oven trashing yourself right now. <laughs> I can't, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Alice, they're in a dumpster. Be like, all right, so you know, what, just um, I'm ready, rubbing all this trash to me. It's like, Ooh, Harold starts to float <laughs> in. <laughs> uh, you're holding, you're holding the sword, and you're like, okay, okay. I can do this, I can do this. You go into a wall and you kind of forget because you're not used to holding things that like things don't go through walls with you that well and you have to like actually use some effort to do that. So you just drop this sword and it falls down and clanks on the ground. Smooth. And then the manticore just immediately like perks up and then you, you, you see it start to sniff the air. You have noticed a particular smell that comes off of this metal because, like I said, it, like it affects ghosts and like supernatural beings, and you can kind of tell that. Oh no, you just brought in this thing that manticores hate, and it definitely can like smell that it has something there. Um, and the manticore is about one motel room away from you, but the wall uh, between these rooms are like broken. Because it's just like knocked down probably about four or five lengths of uh, walls for rooms. And so the manticore is now shuffling her awake and the sword is on the wall behind you. Harold goes back through the wall to get the sword. Um, <laughs> and, so as and like, but pass it, but we'll pass it back out through the hallway. Through the, like, we'll use the door rather than like try and drag the sword back through the wall again. Because so that was kind of weird. You're going to roll act under pressure again. You're not used to holding stuff. It and has been gonna, a long time. You're going to take a minus one on this. Well, act under pressure. It's going to still, that's still a five. So I'm going to, oh. I'm going to level so up before you, we get done here do, at this you, Like this the manicor is like shuffling awake and you're like, okay, okay. And so you back through the wall pick up the sword, about to back through the wall, and you're like, no, 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 not getting old Harold again. You go around the doorway, into the hallway, into the door again, and then you see the manticore is, like, looking at you, and you go to, like, pull the sword up, and then it just kind of gets stuck in the doorway that you just walked through because you, like, were trying to, like, not swing it to attack the manticore, but swing it to get it ready, 
and you just kind of like chunk it into the wall and it's now stuck. Oh, come on. And you're having a hard time physically grabbing it anymore. I have a move called hunches. When things are about to go like really, really bad. Do you mind if I roll for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, I mean, if you got a hunch, this is definitely a hunch moment. So we get like a scene that shows Lope just like sitting in the car, like drumming his fingers on the dashboard and just like shaking his head and going, he hasn't got it. He hasn't got it. There's, there's no way. An eight. So on a seven to nine, I get there in time to intervene, but not stop it completely. So I'm going to get there once it actually goes bad. So are you driving both of us or did you jump out the How car would you? Yeah, that's that, Yeah, you tell me that right now. Would you be taking the car or are you bolting and running? Let's bring the car. Let's do this. So like we're sitting there and then just suddenly just like he like swings the wheel to the side and just like there's dust flying up from the wheels as he's driving back towards the motel. Charles, you're looking through your scope and you saw that Harold just like floated into the room and then he looks a little confused and you see him float back out and then you see him come back out and like see him like chunk the sword in and before you can say anything it's a good thing no one can see or is aware of my failures Harold thinks <laughs> as he's tugging on the sword oh come on you were positioned like with the gun out of the back yeah and so the car just like drives forward whips a u-turn around and then is just like barreling back towards the uh, Midios Inn Alice you are in the trash can. You hear the, the rev uh, of a sweet-ass engine, and you definitely recognize it as Lopez's car, and it sounds like, well, to you, it sounds like it's coming directly at you. I just cover my mouth with both hands and, like, curl myself up in the dumpster, like, don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move, don't make a sound, don't make a sound. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, this is going to work. I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> this is perfect. Alice just continues to curl up in a ball, probably rubbing a bit more trash on themselves. <laughs> just, just, you know, just hide, hide. <laughs> uh, oh. As Lope is like barreling towards the motel, Harold is trying to grab the sword and is now like cussing at it and is just getting pretty mad himself and also says a thing out loud of like, at least no one saw anything I did. No this is a personal private failure. <laughs> I can still fix this and yeah. make it all okay. And yeah. not everyone will be here in a few minutes. You then realize like you finally get the sword loose. And then you see the manticore is just like standing right next to you. Like teeth bearing at you and is about to uh, take a big swipe out of you. And then you hear a honking from outside. Lope, what do you say as you crash into the building? Lope doesn't say things. He's not a big say things person. I think he just like smashes through the front of the building, uh, like slams on the emergency brake and just like- In the car. In the car, it's a convertible. So he comes up over the, uh, the glass and just like has his big gun out and just is firing into the Manticore. Okay, I want you to give me two rolls. First off, you're gonna give me an act under pressure plus uh, oh tool, and I'm gonna give you an additional plus one since you were acting off of your hunch move. 10. You drive the car in, some of like the walls were ripped down, some of the windows were like knocked out so the Manticore could come and go. So the fact that it is a convertible, there's only a narrow amount that actually has to pass through. So you are able to hit off of a, a ramp of some debris, because like I said, it's an abandoned motel that was like left out in front. And it launches you just high enough in the air to where your car perfectly goes through an opening on the side of the motel, crashing yes. into the side of the manticore. And you were already ready to uh, do a cool move. So you've unbuckled your seatbelt because you had it buckled in the first place because safety first. And mm -hmm. you're now just doing a somersault in the air so you can roll to kick some ass on the manticore and take an additional plus one on top of whatever your tough was. 
because you got a full success on the act under pressure. Uh, that is a 10 on the dice, plus one for knowing my prey, because when I'm fighting the breed of monster that caused my loss, I get a plus one, and plus an additional two for my tough, so I'm at a 13. Choose what extra effects you want. And then after this, we'll kind of like take it back a little bit to whenever the car whips around of what Charles would start to do, because I think he could put together what was about to happen. The person named Charles goes, what the devil? And then the car whips around, so Charles whips his gun around like the mount of the gun, because of course it's on a swivel. Yeah. Gets ready. We crash into the motel. Charles is yelling the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it makes him feel very powerful. His mustache is mm-hmm. rippling in the wind. <laughs> and he gets ready to let off a big shot directly into the manticore's belly. Right, great. So what uh, What were the uh, things that you're going to pick for, for your attack? trade harm on each other okay uh which for me is three harm close and loud he'll do you two harm back as he's like takes a swipe at you in the air as his like body is like barrel rolling from the uh, being hit by your car nice and uh and i'm going to completely hold the advantage all hunters involved in the fight get plus one forward yes all right hell yeah Alice wants to read a bad situation because they are hearing a lot of stuff. Okay, so let Charles roll for kick some ass. Seven. You'll take two damage, but not from the manticore. You'll take two damage because you're in a car that just wrecked. And then how much uh, damage do you do for your sniper? Uh, it's three harm. Okay. I think Charles just like victoriously cheers and then at the same time smashes into the side of a motel. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I've done it! (laughs) Alice... You can peek your head out of the dumpster and you <laughs> can you can uh, read a bad situation. The thing Ooh, about what's happening is loud. <laughs> With a full success, you notice the car crash and gunfire. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you know that shit is going down. So what's the biggest threat? And I still have a question that I held from the pat- mm-hmm. last read a bad situation. If I could ask that now yeah. and figure out what's the best way out for me so that I don't get hurt considering that I'm right next to the action but in a dumpster. Yeah, and I'll figure out the other the two The biggest threat is definitely this uh, now enraged manticore. Uh, even though it just got hit by a car and shot, it hasn't taken a lot of damage uh, for what the manticore okay. kind of would like, you know, need to be taken down. And the best way for you to kind of get out is actually... Um, Lopez's car is really fucking good. And even though it just flew in the air and hit a manticore... It is still on and just like a headlight is cracked (laughs) and there's a little scratch on the side of it. But like his the way that the car fell, it is like facing outward (laughs) to where it could drive out of the motel. Okay, um, and then my other two, one of my other questions, I'm still figuring out the third one, is what's the best way to protect everyone who's now in the motel fighting a manticore who was not supposed to be there? You see the sword that Harold has stuck in the wall. If you wanted to protect everyone else, because this one isn't about protecting you, it would be like get the sword and like try to lure it away within the car. Okay. Not necessarily okay, okay, an okay. Alice move per se, but no, it's not. I'm 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 going for all angles here. <laughs> I, I gotta see I gotta see all the angles to find the right solution. What is the most vulnerable to me? Like, what could I use my power against? Nothing seems like too particular vulnerable to you. Like I said, like with the sword, the Manticore is vulnerable to that. But there's nothing that is like uh, an easy shot right now. There's definitely the idea of a plan is to have it go well. Right now, that did not happen, so there's not a lot of vulnerability happen on the enemy side, more so y'all side. I guess what's vulnerable to you they is got, the plan that you yeah. had put in place before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to lift up the dumpster a bit and be like, Charles, 
Charles! But Alice! Get the sword! Get the... It's the in the what? door! Get the sword! This, oh, oh, the sword! Righto! Get the sword! And Charles... And I'm gonna drop back down. Charles <laughs> hops out of the back of the car, kind of, like, limping a little bit, um, pulls on the sword and just gives a... So before Charles does that, what is Harold doing? Where is the manticore in relation to the sword? Well, it was like right, it was like probably like a good like five feet away from you, but then it's now very occupied by Lope, who is just like hit it with a car and like shot it midair, like doing a somersault. It, and then so Lope is just like firing at it and like running around the room. So like it's that, pretty. Harold's like, that is the coolest thing I have ever seen. And I have pierced the boundary of death. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of <laughs> stupefied for a moment, and re I want to reach back for the reaches back for the sword. Unless you want to roll with Charles running over, but yeah, you could have heard uh, for the the call for the sword. But like, it's, so um, yeah, I want to focus up all of my ghostness, and I want to roll. Uh, like, because this is not an attack roll, I'm trying to yeah. manifest my ghostery. Yeah, you're trying. Yeah, you, so I want so to try for weird here. Yeah, roll weird. You're trying to use your ghost powers to really grab the hell out of the sword. Ooh. Well, that is a 13. So I totally, nice. I, I have the power of that shit. Like, like He-Man, he Arthurian yeah, legend, et so cetera. You all see, like, uh, Harold kind of looks around, and with, uh, with his embarrassment of the situation, he's somewhat caused. You see him, like, ghost up. You do see him one-handed grab the sword. He is now wielding it. It flies over towards the manticore. And tries to stake at it. Roll to kick some ass. Eight, because we're uh, yeah. the plus one So you, you land a blow on it. This thing to the Manticore will do three damage. And it's now, like, turns its attention on to you and the blade in your hand. As, like, some of the, the blood from the Manticore is, like, drips down, like, kind of sizzles. The sizzle of the blood actually kind of drips down in your hand, actually, Harold. And that's what causes you to take uh, two damage. Uh, Harold drops the thing. I think Charles is going to, since I'm no longer going and dealing with the sword. Yeah. Charles is going to pull out his shotgun, which he has strapped to his back, of course. Okay. And he's going to kneel, set, and shoot. Great. Yeah. So roll, roll to kick some ass on the manticore. Seven. So how much damage do you do to it with your shotgun? Three close and messy. Let's see. Where am I going to shoot it? In the booty? I believe yeah. that is the that is a place it. to approach it from. Yeah, you shoot it, you shoot it right in the booty, and uh, like its tail like coils, whacks you, and so you're gonna take two damage. You know the tail of a manticore is very dangerous, um, and you see that there's some like pulsing goo that's now on like your your arm where you got hit, and if it's not uh, uh, not dressed soon, the manticore's poison might start to set in. So you're not taking any damage right now, but... Well, I'm not taking damage currently. Well, no, you, you did take that two damage, what I'm saying, but, okay. like, the poison has it set in, but, like, you know from just facing this thing before, if you don't do something... And Alice definitely has, like, uh, antidotes and stuff like that on them. And actually, you probably all would have, with the exception of Harold, who, you know, is a ghost, uh, you all would have some, like, manticore poison antidote on you, so... Can I can I shake it on myself quickly? Yeah, uh, we'll just, we'll let you like you can deal with that next turn. So now we're gonna go back to Lope. The the Manticore definitely like is wide awake. It's very mad. So what are you gonna do? Uh, well, we had a plan, and I'm gonna stick by it. My man, it's mad at me, right? <laughs> oh, it's definitely pretty mad at you. And then also, okay. you you definitely do know like the the sword. You know that you know all the stuff about the sword and how it hates that, and you saw that uh, Harold like swiped it with a sword and then Harold dropped it. All right, here's the plan. So Lopez has just been like, he's got like just like one eye closed, very casual, like as he's moving around, firing at it as many times as he can. 
and he just like is trying to move around the room to get to the sword. Once he has it, he gets like this big grin on his face. So he like ducks and rolls, grabs the sword, comes up, and we get this flashback and like this black and white kind of thing of when the manticore came and ate his family. Him like jabbing part of a sword into its face. And so like he just like gets this big grin and asks, hey, remember me? And then just like charges forward, slashes at it once, just to get its attention, not like trying to like actually fight it, to like get himself over to the car and try to get the hell out of it, drawing its ire. You're gonna roll uh, act under pressure. Seven. You go fire at it, draw its attention, and do like a cool slide under it as you deliver your line of like, remember me as you pick up the sword and like stab it right around the same area that you had stabbed it before and then pull the sword out and start making your way for the car and then just like right before you like can get in the car the manticore's claw like swipes you in the back you take two damage as you like slide into the driver's seat and you're able to like start revving up the engine and you can't take off right away you definitely have its attention, though. And Lopez just, like, wordlessly screaming at its face as he just, like, slams down the accelerator. What's Alice doing after this? Are you just still kind of waiting? I think I want to actually try to... Can I attack it with my juju bag without looking at it? Or do I have to exit the dumpster? I, you could, that? like, peek at it with your juju bag. Like, you could, like, peek okay. out of the dumpster kind of thing. Because I just want to try to... Keep it riled so that leaves the building. You're gonna be using using some magic, right? That's weird. Eight. You do one harm to it, and it, it hits a little bit. It doesn't seem like it did much. And then the juju bag. It's weird because at, once you picked it up, like it kind of sparked back on you, and so you're gonna take one harm. And you've never had it do kind of like a backlash of that. And it just kind of seems like the juju bag was uh, a lot more powerful than it ever had been with you before. <laughs> Harold. And Charles, what are you two doing? So Charles, you you just blast with the shotgun and you see that Lope is in the car about to like ride away. And then Harold, you were just holding your ghost hand after you got some, some manticore blood on you from the special silver. Uh, Harold's moving away, from, like, away from the manticore and towards the vehicle. Um, well, Charles, do I need to get this medicine on immediately? It's so like the poison isn't like a it's it's not like as bad as like a every one damage every turn but like you'll take like one damage kind of like over the like every few like ten or so minutes you you would take the harm so you can wait a little bit to do it but like but the, every time like it would kind of hit you it gets it just hits you a little harder okay um, so it's like it is a slow burn poison so you could hold back and apply the po like the antidote now or you could try to just go hop in the car. I think Charles would want to get back to the big gun in the car. Okay. Um, before applying it to himself, because he'll go, damn this poison! Wait, Lope, I'm coming! And he runs, and he's just like, "Ow, son of the Queen's army!" <laughs> you're gonna act under pressure because you're trying to make your way back into the car. Eight. You do make your way into there, and you grab the gun, and you notice that the gun is no longer like properly holstered in there, so you can use it. But it's going to be hard because this is definitely a gun that you need a good prop for. So you realize that shooting it from the car, you're going to take a minus one moving forward with the gun. Like with, with that big gun, not any gun. Damn this modern age machinery. <laughs> Lope, you just drive and if it doesn't work, I've got three other guns strapped to me. We'll be fine. All right. And then Harold. Harold is flying toward Alice because I have not seen you do anything. 
and you may just be in the dumpster and we're fucking <laughs> like, you okay. be aware of what's happening okay, here right. so uh, yeah I think Lope you peel out and you're able to get the manticore to chase you down Charles is like firing off a few rounds at it um, to get its attention and so the manticore is now chasing the two of you so you're sitting in the dumpster and you see Harold's face just phase through the steel uh, through a garbage bag yeah. hey um it went really badly but it's gone now yeah I saw that oh well I don't know I'm Look, I'm gonna go uh, see. Thank you for telling me that it's gone, though, because that's that's the thing I need to. Yeah. Make. Okay. All right, so um, I'll, I'm gonna uh, go keep watch and see what I can help with. Okay. Um, I'm gonna hop out of the dumpster, crawl my way over to the nest. <laughs> and you're gonna give me an investigate a mystery because you're gonna be checking out like its layer and stuff like that. Five. You go in there and you start to look around. You are like, okay, okay. Mandacores, uh, they like to eat, and you are just very scared and nervous because, like, you were in the dumpster and then saw all this crazy shit happen, and it's just like, this manticore has been hit by a car, shot by, like, giant guns, been sliced by a bunch of swords, and it's still, like, running at them, and you're just, like, in its lair, and you just start to kind of freak out, and without realizing it, you're just dumping the poison just on arbitrary things. Like, there's a, there's a couch, uh, there's a pile of leaves, there is a pile of, like, you know, carcasses that it has been eating on, so you happen to get a little bit on some of its food source, but you're just dumping this very limited resource all over as you're just thinking of all the different stories you've read about how manticores kill people. I'm picturing it something like when someone tries to throw a bucket of water on a fire and they're like 10 feet short and they just like <laughs> toss it and it lands. Is Harold just kind of watching on? Uh, Harold is flying up sort of above so I can see the manticore and the car chase so, yeah. as well as keep an eye on Alice. So, yeah. so Alice is, is just throwing stuff around and as far as you know, they're doing a great job. So we're going to cut back over to Lope and Charles. The manticore is hot on your tail. Charles is... Fire rounds off and it's able to like to dodge in and out of the way of them. Lope, you know, you're not in like, you know, a, a heavily populated downtown area, but you're definitely not on a great place to be driving around with a, uh, you know, 10 and a half foot tall manticore chasing you. It's kind of like a smaller town. It's got like a lot of like rural and like flat plains areas, but there are still people that live out there. They're, so you're in the more rural area. Are you just kind of like trying to just hold its attention, waiting long enough to get the okay or... What kind of tactics are you taking with this pretty much high-speed chase that you're on? So Lope is in a good mood now, and he's like calling back to Charles, The plan's working. If you say so. As soon as I'm away, like we're far enough away from the motel that we don't think it's going to like immediately turn around, uh, Lope is going to turn the wheel and get off the road and move like in a direction that it seems like there isn't human life. If there is some open farmland, if there is a field, just a direction away from where people might be. You're going to give me just a sharp roll, and this is just like a general, like, see what you can kind of pick up from the area you're in. It's an eight. You are starting to come up in, like, a three-way intersection, and you're, like, looking around, and you can just see that, like, the right kind of starts taking you a bit more out of town. So, like, you screech and take a hard right going in there, and you look down and you realize that from the crash, um, the fuel, like, the fuel tank has a small puncture in it because you're losing gas right now. 
if Alice can complete the task in the 10 or so minutes they said they could do it in, you have enough to like circle back around, but you definitely mm-hmm. are a little limited on gas, even though you're pulling away from the public. Charles, what are you doing in the back? Um, When we go off-roading, Charles says, off-roading, eh? I remember when I was chasing a chimera in Bolivia. It was a whole lot of dirt roads. Charles, <laughs> not now. Not the right time. We get, fine, we'll put a pin in it. So, Charles needs to deal with his wound. Keep it relatively steady. I have to dress my wound, yes? So he pulls out this salve and just kind of slathers it across his arm while he's bumping along Mm -hmm. the road. Roll with tough, and you're going to get an additional plus one. Nine. You're able to administer, like, the antidote in there. It looks like it does take. Lope hits a bump, and then the antidote flies out of your hand and then falls on the road behind you. Lope, you corn on the cob, I lost my antidote. You were able to stop the poison that was in your body, but you don't have any more antidote for future swipes, as the manticore is, like, still very close on to you. Cutting back into the manticore's lair, Alice is like throwing the poison all over and you come up on a door. It's a motel room door and you just seem a little drawn to it, especially in like your kind of the state that you're in. You were just looking around trying to find stuff. And for some reason, this like door is untouched by the manticore. Most of the place kind of looks like the manticore like went through and chose like its favorite rooms and like drag stuff out of there. But this seems to be like one of the only rooms in the whole place that hasn't been touched. I'm going to try and open the door. Uh, it seems it seems like it's locked. Okay, that's why is this door locked? Uh, I'd like to try and kick it down. Okay. Not something Alice would right, normally so yeah, just do. Give me, but... You just give me a tough roll. Spending too much time with Lope and Charles. Yeah. Oh, Lope would do this. I'm sure it'll work. Four. You go and you're just like, all right, this is what Lope do. This is what Lope do. And you lift your leg up. <laughs> like you got to kick the door and you just kick it. But you didn't brace your back foot. So you just kind of push yourself back and hit your head on the wall for one harm. <laughs> Oh, God. Harold, hearing that and not seeing Alice anymore, floats back down towards towards this activity. This- yeah, you find uh, Alice outside of a closed door. They're on the ground and rubbing the back of their head. Oh. You, you good? What's up? I thought I could kick down a door. You've been hanging out with Lupe and Charles too much. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why I thought I could kick down a door. I am not strong. At least you didn't try putting your face through it, and which, and then Harold does that. What do you see? It's a little hard to put your face through, so you're gonna have to try to use some use some of your Patrick Swayze powers. Well, I'm gonna let's get <laughs> let's get Whoopi Goldberg. That's a seven. So you're able to press your face through the wall. It's hard. You've never come into like a wall or a surface like this that you've had this hard of time pushing through. And your face just kind of makes it in on the other side. And it just looks like a normal hotel room at first. There's a lot of pictures all around. But you can't really make it out of what it is, though, since just forcing yourself to get in is hard enough. You can't really see well enough in there. And I sort of rubber band back out of there. Wow, that is a that is hard to do. That's felt a little like holding the sword. Like, it feels magic in there, and there's definitely a bunch of pictures which are not in here, and I, I didn't like it. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that much. I don't know a lot about a lot of this, but I didn't care for that. That's interesting. I wonder what's up with that room. I mean, it's magic, clearly, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Paint Are paintings magic? Is art truly the magic we were looking for the whole time? Oh, that's that's interesting. Maybe, maybe there's something I can find back in my library. We're running out of time. So, uh, I'm just, I'm gonna, like, 
uh, grappling hook my way out of this bitch. Yeah, I was about to say, at this point, you definitely uh, think that you have spread all of the poison, would like send the signal to Lope that you're done. Uh, as Alice grappling hooks out of there, Harold starts flying in the direction he last remembers seeing the car headed to see if he can see the manticore. Okay, so Alice, do you give me an act under pressure to see your your use of this <laughs> grappling hook? Seven. The grappling hook like shoots up, gets you like up on the rooftop of the motel. You signal off to Harold that like you're good, so Harold goes off on his way, and then when he's far enough away that he you can't hear you. You realize that the ladder to get down was destroyed by the manticore at some point, so you're kind of just on the top of a roof. <laughs> it's only a one-story oh. building, so it's not terrible. Oh, oh dear. Um, you're just kind of on the roof right now. The two of you in the car get a get, get a text letting you know that uh, Alice has uh, placed all the poison, and you're good to uh, disengage the manticore. And then both of you do remember once they say that, that you didn't really come up with like an exact plan on like how to make the manticore stop chasing you. Charles has an idea. <laughs> Charles pulls out a very large flare and he kind of positions it on the gun, right? So he packs it in there and he's going to shoot the flare directly into the lair. It's going to be magical. So you're trying to, like, shoot the flare back into the lair to try to set its lair on fire. Yeah. Okay, so you want to tell Lope to, like, make his way back around to the lair. Because you have to get closer for Mm -hmm. that to work. All right, so how's Lope feel about that? He brings the car around and he gets his cell phone out of his pocket again because he read his text while driving. Bad thing to do. And he's going to go ahead and call Alice. And so he's got, like, just the one hand on the (laughs) wheel going, like, probably 110 miles per hour. Yeah way too loud there's gunshots going off but calling alice so alice as you're trapped on a roof you get a phone call from lope hello hey uh question yes uh manicores they protect their lairs yes they do they 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 are very territorial but if there's a problem with the lair they'll protect it right that's presumably i mean what are you gonna do to the lair cool get out what no i so are you are you you turning making your way back oh yeah And, and like doing like like spinning off the road for a second like using the the e brake okay, to get well, like a I was about good to say, I'll turnaround. I'll let you do this without a roll, but if you're doing cool shit like that, you gotta roll act under pressure. Roll yeah, plus it's worth cool. it. It's worth it. And then just like going like underneath it is the goal. Uh, that is a ten. The manacore is just like chasing you, and then you just e brake spin out your car to like just complete 180 perfect turn, and then just keep driving forward. The manacore like tries to turn around so quick to chase you, it actually flips upside down in the air and then forgets that it's upside down and the way its flight works and going upside down doesn't work. So it flies itself into the ground and hits its head and has to like regain its balance to be able to like chase you again. Nice. Nice. Harold, you make your way about halfway out to where the car was and you now see that they've turned around and the manticore is like following them. It seems like they're going back towards the base. Harold goes and sort of sits in the road where the car would come up and it sort of puts (laughs) his arm out to stop short on Lope and so when the car just jams up at 90 miles an hour, he is able to touch Lope and so is in the car Yeah, so you're going to give me a weird roll for that. I love this. That is a 10 natural, so 13 total. You position yourself for it and just get ready, and then Lope, you see uh, Harold in front of you, and I don't know if you know that he has a plan or if you just don't care, but regardless, you do not even take a second to think about taking your foot off the pedal. You just keep going forward. Harold is now like in the passenger seat. 
because uh, the way Charles is like kind of like leaned over in the middle, uh, like firing out the back, and so the two of you just see like Harold is just like appeared in the car, but in chill mode already. Welcome back to the fray, old chap. Oh yeah, no, it looks very exciting out here. We still got the sword. And Lopaka kind of is trying to like root around and find the sword. It's somewhere in the car, but he's trying to focus on the driving also. He's in here somewhere. Listen, we're going to light his home on fire. Oh, he's going to love that. I know, right? It's brilliant. I feel like Winston Churchill. Alice told me they'd get out, so we're good to go. Alice, what are you doing? I'm panicking at the moment because I am nowhere where I wanted to be. And this place is, is something's going to happen. I just don't know what it is. But as far as I know, a, a very dangerous beast is flying right towards me. You do see often like the distance. You don't necessarily see the car, but you do see you know a manticore far away in the sky. And so you can only assume that they are barreling back towards you. Ah, shit. Uh. Have we thought about if we set their house, its house on fire, that it will not eat the po- That will also burn our poison. That is the heart of our plan. Gentlemen. It's pro- it'll just be roasted poison. It'll have a tang. It'll protect the house. Something. Alice said. I'm gonna go check with Alice on that. Can I borrow <laughs> this? And Harold grabs the sword foolishly, but like flies out through an open window of the car and tries to push ahead. Uh, so you fly out of the open window and, and the car just goes speeding past you because it is going like 80 miles an hour and you are a ghost and can fly but nowhere near as fast as a car so you kind of just get out of the car with a sword and now you're just like standing there. Oh, this is very bad. I have done uh, this very badly. And the car like goes past you. It's like I said, the manticore wasn't on their tail anymore because of the badass move that Lope did but now the manticore is like right up on Harold, who like turns around and sees this thing. Oh dear. The two of you in the car see that like Harold's gotten out with a sword and is now like facing down the manticore. But it seemed like to you he might have had a plan because it he did do it with some purpose. He's he's fine. He's he's a ghost. I can't kill it. What can? And he starts flying as fast as he possibly can back towards, having not thought this super through. <laughs> like, I don't know a lot about being a ghost. This is my first time. Guys, wait, wait. Uh, Harold, roll act under pressure for me. Hey, that's a hard 12 all, all by right, itself. Great. So, you, so nice. you are able yeah. to just like, oh no. And like, you just are, you're kind of keeping. The spirit moves Yeah, you're kind of keeping pace from the manticore. Like it was like pretty close to you. And so it's not like gaining on you. You're definitely not going as fast as the car is still, but it's like a second diversion for the first diversion. Charles and Lope, you get up within um, uh, striking distance. So the way that you've rigged up your gun, you know that you can get it about from like 150 feet away. You could probably arc it in there, which also you wouldn't necessarily see Alice on the top of the building <laughs> when you get in shooting I range. I to the dumpster. <laughs> okay, well, Poor yeah, Alice. Charles has no idea that Alice is there. So, Alice, first, you give me active pressure, and you're going to take a minus one. Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. Oh. Um, that's a six. So, we're going we're gonna to get back to you in a second. Y'all are uh, all, we're all going to die at the Haunted Charles, Motel. you take your shot. Act under pressure. Turn! So, sure enough, nice. you shoot this rigged-up flare gun projectile into one of the windows where you knew had a just a lovely pile of leaves and immediately ignites them and starts to uh, set the building ablaze. As you do that, like, Lope 
probably has like stopped the car to like just like kind of watch the fire and enjoy watching mm -hmm. this thing's house burn down. And then Charles, with your eagle eye, that's whenever you notice Alice is on top of the building. The flames like went up fast. You didn't realize how flammable this poison also was. And you see Alice running around scared. And then you just kind of see them fall through the roof back into the building. And you no longer see Alice on top of the building. And now assume that they are inside of the now burning building. Lope, by God, Alice. They're still in the building. Why? Fair question. Very, very good question. Presumably because they didn't get out in time. All right, he's driving towards the building again. Just like grumbling under his breath like, we had a plan every step. We went through every step, which is just like tacitly not true. <laughs> and, and he has ruined the plan already at least twice. So, Harold, you're getting close up on the car, especially because you saw that like the car stopped a little bit and then you saw the shot go off. And so you're probably like far enough behind them that you can like scream out something to them. Lope, what? Wait, wait, Lope. Like, it's just like continuing to move forward. Like, if I cannot catch them, I am going to go take the sword yeah. back into the lair. Lope, you drive your car back in through the hole in the wall that you had made before. You don't have to do a cool jump. And you stop in there, and then Harold meets up with you. And you all have about 10 seconds for like the mana core is on you to kind of figure out what you're going to do. And the building is on fire. Where is Alice? Use your spidey senses to find them. Ghost eyes. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll like sort of reach yeah, out yeah, 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 yeah. looking for souls. That's a seven. If it's weird, it's ten. You scream out, ghost eyes. <laughs> and then you see Harold's eye, ghost eyes come out of his body and start pinballing around the entirety of the building. And then they hit the back of his head. And when they do like the jackpot noise sound as they roll back into place and then Harold knows it seems that Alice has dropped into the strange room that he had a hard time phasing through before. Oh, hey, you're real good at kicking doors, fellas. Let's go. And grabs both of them by the <laughs> collars and hopes to phase them up through the normal floors and oh, fire oh God. to get them to the magic room oh, so they can kick God. it open. So since you're trying to do two humans... You know, let, me just grab, let me just grab Lope then. Okay, I was going to say, for every one person you're trying to do this one, you're going to take a minus one on your roll. Yeah, no, let's take with one. <gasps> Come on, Lope, we're going to go get Alice. I go, what about me? Keep the car running. Keep, let, what he said. If it's a weird roll, wait, what did you ask me for there? So, so okay, yeah, it was a weird roll, so that's a seven. Because, but did you, was that with the minus one for Lope? No, you have that a is a weird, that is a regular weird. So okay. That uh, is a can I so, help out? Oh my god. Uh, not necessarily because he didn't <laughs> take you like he's you're not with him and then also I don't really know if Lope could I mean I could No no I could just I'll have to like hit it, bonk his head and just pass through the building. Pass through in through. I feel like that's pretty great. You try to go through and Lope is gonna take one harm as like he just gets slammed into a wall and falls on the ground and then like Harold, you're not really realizing that Lope is not with you. So you fly directly to the room. Charles and, and Lope aren't with you. Charles, you're watching this happen and you realize that the manticore is like coming right up on you. What are you gonna deal with how Lope like got in there? The trunk is now open and you remember all of your goodies that you brought for the hunt are in there. And it looks like the manticore is right up on you. Hmm. <laughs> well, what about a uh what about a a nice crossbow 
Ooh, yeah. Charles is a big game hunter. He definitely likes to try to use skill over tech and things like that. So you don't really like to play on monsters' weaknesses a lot. But you knew about the kind of silver that that sword is because you have one crossbow arrow that's tipped with a manticore like silver. And so you kind of think like this is the time to pull it out. And so you can take your shot. He rifles around in there and goes, I've got it. It's go time. And Charles takes his kneel, takes his set, and fires. Okay, since you're preparing yourself, you're gonna get additional plus one on your kick some ass roll. Nine! So you like aim and wait for the mana core like to get like right up on you, just five feet away from you flying right on, and then you release the arrow right into its throat. The mana core takes like a direct hit, and, and so it doesn't swipe at you, but it does like just knock into you, knocking you back into the wall behind, like colliding with the two, and you're gonna take two damage as you trade blows. I am uh, almost dying. But the manticore uh -oh. looks like it is, with like that blow was uh, like a, a next to fatal blow, and it looks like it is, it is almost out. I've got you, you leathery bastard. Uh, Lope, what are you doing? Lope's gonna get back to the car. Mm -hmm grab the sword and just like put himself in a position that he can keep the manticore back. So you're going to roll to protect someone, which is plus top. Thanks, pal. You got it. Uh, snake eyes. Uh, <laughs> so I'm at a four. So you like oh. pick up the blade and you help Charles up from like falling on the ground and the manticore was on top of him and it doesn't look like completely out, but it did look like it was like it was pretty dazed. And so you help Charles up and are telling him, like, get back, get back, like, I'll hold it off. And then as you turn around to say that, the jaws of the manticore just, like, wrap around your collarbone as you take a two-harm bite. Nice. Yeah, you just let out, like, a giant, like, for, for you, it's a giant scream. For everyone else, it's kind of like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Harold, you make your way to the door and now realize you have no low pay, but you do know that Alice is on the other side of this door. Quick question yeah. on the Alice end. When I fell through the roof, did I take any harm? You don't feel like you took any damage, and beneath you actually is. So you all know this, but Alice, one of their favorite relics is this ancient, like, part of a shield that they carry on them, kind of like a good luck charm. Due to this fact, this thing has just conveniently been there numerous times to kind of save their life and alice is also perplexed by it because carbon dating says it's thousands of years old but like the styling of it looks like it was made as like a modern day replica for like now and then like the materials that it's used like it's not that they're just magical or otherworldly it's just like a very perplexing item but you woke up and that thing is just kind of like beneath your head and the best that you can assume it shielded your blow. But what Alice is feeling is very weird because all the pictures in the room are of Alice, Charles, Harold, and Lope. I'm going to get up and investigate every single photo. At least whichever one, whichever one, I'm gonna to try to like just find one to look at and I just wanna like look at it. I wanna like try to look behind it, see if it comes off the wall. I wanna see like if there's any artist like signature on it, all that sort of stuff. You go to your picture first, as anyone would. Right. And the picture is like, it's the clothes you're wearing right now. You look at Harold's picture and it's him in his like strong man ghost suit. You know, you look at Lobe's picture and it's him. And then like in the background of it, like the car is damaged in the way that it's damaged that it hit the manticore. And Charles has his, has his like hunter hat on and you don't see any signatures. You pull him out of like, the cases they're in and stuff like that. There's no dates or anything on the back. 
can I take the picture of me out of the frame? Yeah. And roll it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm taking it with me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, Harold, you're on the other side of this door. Can I open the door from the inside? Yeah. Okay, I want to leave the room now that I have the painting. You can open the door. You can't leave hey. the room. Oh. Hey, I got the door open. My shield saved my life again. I'm still trying to figure it out. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I think it's cool. Um, paintings look weird. I got a copy of one. Let's get the hell out of here. Sure. Well, come on. Uh, okay. So you try to, like, run out of the door, and it's just kind of like, like a mime wall. It stops you. I know you've been working on, like, a clowning thing, but this whole building is on fire. So, like, that's like that's really good. You've been practicing. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm going to pull out the, the painting and unroll it and show it to you and say, does this look weird to you? That's you doing stuff from today, and that's a dry, like a painting painting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I'm going to put it on the floor right next to the door frame mm -hmm. and try to stick my hand out. No, it doesn't seem like you can get out. And you also, it's weird because you can see that there's like smoke forming outside of this room. Like, because like it's billowing the hallways, as you know, the building's on fire. It doesn't look like any of the smoke is actually seeping into this room through the open doorway. Okay. This is going to sound weird. I think the manticore can't get into this room. And I don't think the fire can get into this room either. I think this is a safe room, but I don't know how long it's a safe room. And I don't know if it's a room you can escape from at this point. I never really liked those escape rooms. It always seemed gimmicky. Oh, I sorry, we're doing something. Yeah, I'll come in there for a second and see what's going on. Do you wait, 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 wait. Do you have cell phone? Do you is your phone work? You look at your phone, it is cracked from the fall. Uh my phone's broken. Oh well, yeah, let's it's better this than stand in the burning building, so Floats yeah. through the, across the threshold of yeah. your weird ass room yeah, you, again. You float through. Uh, it seems like the when the door was closed, it was hard for you to like break through. But now that the door is open, uh, you're able to go in. Can I leave the room? Not now. Not oh, that you're in the okay. room. Yeah, I, I was afraid this would happen. Uh, and, but you do um, find uh, the painting of you on the wall from earlier. It's you and your little ghost buff suit. Oh, I look so funny in the. Okay, this is a super creepy place. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, but we're safe at the moment. Uh. So, so now that we're safe, we can sit and figure out how to get out of here. So is it like a magic cube? Like, like if the beams underneath this room fall out, does the room stay here? Or does it stop being magic once, like if you break a salt circle, then I could just go through there. And it's not like a big deal, but remember all the weird practicing we did with like, what the fuck, why is being dead like this? And I, yeah, we, we got a good bit of stuff in that composition book, but... Well, I could fall in through the ceiling, so I wonder if that may have caught, like, opened up a hole inside of it. Uh, this is going to take some experimentation. I'm going to have to really think about this from a scientific perspective. Al floats um, up to try and push his hand through the ceiling. Uh, you, you cannot make your way through. Uh, there is, like, a hole in the ceiling where you can see outside, but it's the same thing with, like, the door. It doesn't seem like anything's co coming in from outside but you can't get out of it. No, it's like that up here too. Y'all are just kind of like poking and prodding and trying to figure some things out. In the front room, the fire is now like ablaze everywhere. Uh, Lope just got hit in the back with the manticore claw. Charles is very close to death in the manticore. It is just bleeding from so many like shotgun wounds, sniper rifle, stuff like that. It's still coughing up blood from like the arrow that's like lodged down its throat as it just takes like one final step coming up to Charles 
kind of in a understanding of your long adversary, how you've been chasing it down. It definitely knows you as well as you know it. And it's just like looking like it's decided it's either you or him right now. What do you do, Charles? Well, I have to kill him. It's the only way. Mm Mm-hmm. And what do I use to do it? A spear. Great. I'm going to give you additional plus one because, like, this isn't about you surviving. This is about you ending it. It's just like the Chimera in Bolivia, only this time, it's death. It's it's a natural 10 plus a 1 plus a 1 as a 12. So you just go running forward. The manacore, like, swipes once under your legs, and you, like, you jump over, and then it swipes with its other hand at you, and you just, in midair, bound off of the manacore's claw, and use the momentum just to bury the spear right into, like, its face, as the manacore just, like, lets out, like, one final blood gurgle, as it just falls limp on the ground, and the force of its body, like, going dead weight, like, even shakes the room that you're in as you and Lope just stand over the body of the now dead manacore corpse. And I, I think I just look at it, pull my spear out and go, good night, sweet prince. You can even do like the cool, like cover its eyes. Oh yeah, close, yep, I 100% close its eyes. <laughs> I put t- two really big coins over it. I take my pith helmet off and put it over his heart. Very sweet and symbolic. And its body like rolls over into to the only pile of leaves that hadn't been set ablaze yet. And uh, as as it rolls into that, they do catch fire, and you do realize that. Oh shit! <laughs> the building all around you is on fire. The car has actually start to set ablaze too, because some of the leaves that had the poison wrongly put on it have now hit the car, and there is a lot of really flammable stuff in the car. It definitely seems like the hole that you had come in through. You cannot escape for so you kind of have to like go deeper into the building to find another way out. Lupe goes ahead and empties his entire clip into the burning uh, manticore corpse. We said the, the trunk's open, right? Yeah, you have like one last chance to grab some stuff out of it pretty much before the, the car explodes. Yeah, he grabs his backpack and the beers <laughs> and nice. then just like turns to run from the car. So similar to how your hunch worked last time, uh, and you don't have to roll for this, you just kind of have that sense uh you realize, oh, wait a minute, like, Alice and Harold are still in the building. You have to find them first. And you kind of just have a feeling of where they are. So you just see Lope just, like, start to, like, bolt off with purpose and... Beers. Uh, yeah, and beers. Yep. Yeah, oh, and, and beers. Charles purpose limps along as best he can. <laughs> but uh, one more mark away from death. So Okay. Y'all make your way to a hallway, and it's similar before. All the rooms look like they've been, like, busted open and ravaged, but you do find one doorway that seems pretty untouched. The door is open. You see the two of them inside, and they're just kind of, like, picking up pictures, looking under pillows and stuff like that. They seem preoccupied. What are you doing? There's no time. Okay, here's the thing. You can enter this room, but you can't ever leave it, and this room can't be touched by whatever else is happening outside. So it's a safe room, but... We can't leave. That's what we're trying to figure out right now, is how to leave, so. It's like that song, Hotel California, if you're familiar with that. Inscrutable in a lot of ways, but you definitely can never leave. I think Charles comes barreling through the door and just collapses (laughs) on the couch. That's okay, fine. Then I'd like to read a bad situation. Yeah, read it up. A 10 plus one. Okay. 
Can I ask what's my best way out without going in there? From what you can surmise, like you look in like, cause they say you can't get out, but you kind of just assume like, well, you could just crawl out of the hole in the ceiling or you could just like kind of break your way out with some of the goodies that you have in your bag. It's not that you don't believe in what they're saying that they can't get out, but you're just kind of, you know, a little, little bit of arrogance. You're like, well, I could find different ways out. Okay. What's the best way to protect the victims? Yeah, well, you all are the victims, and it does seem like this whole building is burning and the smoke is starting, you know, to get really hard to breathe in. And you do look in there, and there is no smoke in there. So it does seem the best way to protect the victims is to hide in the room that that seems to be somewhat impervious, although unescapable. All right. Lope grabs the door goes in and I'd like to ask my third are there any dangers we haven't noticed <laughs> you haven't noticed the picture of you yet in the car that had the exact amount of damage that you just inflicted to it prior to the fire cool I'm closing that door Lope comes in and closes the door so does uh anybody know any games does anybody have any salve or whiskey or I'll, I'll just be here right that is not injuries. looking good. Yeah. We should treat those. Yeah, you can roll to treat injuries. You guys would all have like a med kit, probably. A 12. Because of that, you're able to heal up enough to where you're no longer in the unstabilized categories. I only have four harbins. There you go. You get pretty good and healed up. And y'all are like searching around the room. Charles is still kind of like laid, laid down doing that. Fully prone. Alice is trying to search everything. Lope is probably sitting on the bed waiting for a thing to happen. He's <laughs> opening the beers. <laughs> As the room, While we're here. He doesn't have to uh, wait for something yeah. to happen. It's, he's doing it. We, we, we beat the Magicor. I'm opening the beers. As this happens, you see up here in front of you in the middle of the room, a hologram. Oh, hey. It's me. The, uh, I can't read what I wrote here. The Observer. Yes, The Observer. And there's uh, there's a hologram kind of like twitching in front of you, and it just repeats that like a few times. Oh hey, it's me, the observer. Yeah. Hello, Miss uh, Mix Observer person. Who is that? Does it respond? What the devil is going on? Then you hear. Uh, so you all made it. I guess you can just. I don't know. Stand where you're standing. I'm assuming all of you have the pieces of the puzzle I told you to get, because if not, what are you doing here? After they say that, the shield that Alice had um, that, like, that had protected them on their fall starts to glow. Oh. And Charles has this special like uh, shoulder stock uh, that uh, he'll use for like you know propping big guns on. And that starts to glow on the side of his leg as he like lays out on the couch. Lope had mentioned earlier there was part of a sword that he had attacked the Manticore with, and the only thing that broke off that he kept was a cross guard of, of the handle of the blade. That starts to glow. And then all of you know this about Harold. He doesn't know a lot about, you know, being dead, and as he said earlier, you do a lot of tests for the like, you know, what what ghosts can and can't do. Well, at one point, he realized he can interact with magical things because he was able to pick up this vial filled with ink. And then he was like, well, maybe I can drink it. And then he drank it and realized it was actually the ink inside that was magical, not the vial itself. That ink just kind of went away and didn't like fall out of his body. He never really knew what it was. And Harold uh, is now just like starting to cough up like some ink. And it's weird because 
as he's coughing it up, the vial that was holding it before, like, forms in front of him and all the ink just starts going into that. None of you have moved, and there's now just a circle of light slowly forming around each of you where you stand and sit. Harold's starting to have fun with it and kind of, like, spit it up in the air like a fountain because it goes into the inkwell no matter what. It's arcing up and he's spinning around a little, just playing with it, but... It is also causing invisible discomfort. I, I am just fascinated. This is, I have so many notes that I could be taking about this experience. I mean, there's hologram in this shield. As that happens, you hear the hologram say, So yeah, just make sure you have all those and you're all set. Say goodbye, but... After that groan is let out, all of you kind of look to each other and you're curious and then the circles around you all shoot up a cylinder of light, blinding you from everything outside of your circle. And you hear, Well, now that we got that out of the way, I guess it's time for me to go on a little road trip. Uh, if any of you are still here, thanks, I guess? I don't really care either way. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. There's like a moment of panic. The light clears. Harold, you look around and you see where your three companions were sitting. Three people you do not recognize at all are standing there in their place. Harold, in place of Charles, Alice, and Lope, you now see three strangers. So we'll go ahead and start out with Monty. All right. So Monty is very tall, about six foot five. He has blonde, very short, cropped hair. He's wearing a full, like a huge, like a like parka poncho type thing. Um, basically covers up all the shoulders. Big, it's green. It's also enchanted, so it's got this like slight glow to it. I'm wearing some combat boots. And I'm very, very, very nervous looking. I'm cowering around, I'm looking unsure, and in general, my body is shaking. Winston? Winston looks like the sort of emo kid that we all knew in high school. His eyes are starting to go a little bit black. It's looking like that could possibly be a problem. All right, and then Conrad? So Conrad kind of looks like if James Dean was in the movie Pleasantville. He's got a real kind of like 1950s aesthetic to him. Slacks, kind of like a vest, kind of a button-up shirt, probably about mid-30s. He just looks more confused than anything. The four of you find yourselves inside of a hotel room. Standing behind Harold is a portrait of him next to the three of you that find yourself in the videos. And there are three portraits that look like people you don't know. And you can smell smoke and fire but it does not seem like the room you are in is on fire. Clearly seeing the ghost person is like, oh no, I've died. This is hell. I've gone to hell. What 
where the fuck is my dad? Oh, this is bad. Um, who the fuck are you people? I don't... Wh what's happening? Where are we? Uh, as you guys are doing this, I don't say anything, but Monty pulls out his knife, and he brandishes it very weakly as he cowers backwards from you guys in kind of a defensive move. So he's, like, slumping into the corner, and he's, like, got a shell-shocked look as his eyes widen as he's backing up from you guys. If I may, uh, my name is Harold Hogswatch. I... You are standing in what used to be the Meteos Inn. My friends used to be standing there. I'm, that can't be a super huge coincidence. You're not dead. Want to start there. Not that I'm, like, oh. I've died. That didn't feel great. This wasn't it. I imagine we could leave this room at some point, given that the rest of the building is not on fire. I'm sorry. Why are you... Dead? I guess dead. I guess that's what we'll go with. It is a long story. because. Life itself is a fragile and, and precious thing that could be taken from us at any moment. And I, I chime in and I like scarily like, like, like half-heartedly bark. I'm like, no, no. Like, why are you back? Oh, I mean, I never left. Like, where did you guys do with my friends? Do you ever this... think about that one? Better question. Why aren't we at the uh, doppelganger convention anymore? Well, I would be interested to hear more about a doppelganger convention. How does the name tag system work? Wait, no, I'm getting off track. There's something about a Twitter and a book of faces. So, I believe when we last left this room, it was roofless, but had a was a contained in a, a box. Yeah, like a yeah. Weird so magic there, cube. So there is a opening in the roof above you. The last you tried, you were not able to leave there or through back back through the door to the rest of the hotel. Uh, well, Harold does try to phase, phase through the door. It still does not seem like uh, Harold can make it through right now. Okay. Well, it looks like we are still stuck in here. If somebody wants to try opening the door, that's not really, and he tries to pass his hand through the door knob, and it just doesn't make any contact. I'm just going to stare real hard at the door <laughs> and attempt some form of magic. Yeah, Winston, you give me a weird roll. This feels like a moment where I a little bit want to use a luck point, possibly. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you can use it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna use a little luck point there. So what what happens is is all of you just see Winston freaking out more and more, looking hella nervous. Even though the room you're in wasn't on fire, it does look like fire is starting to spread around all the walls. And then Winston just goes, no, 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 and then it just kind of like sucks back in, and then you see the door click and unlock, and the door swings open. Okay. I think I've had enough of fire today. Well, let's look out the door. You look out the door, and it does it does seem like uh, whatever Winston just did, he was able to break the seal on the room you're in. So you look out the door, and you are inside of a hotel that is on fire. It's not completely like an inferno or anything like that, but it definitely is going to be hard to like get out uh, but there is an opening on the roof that you might be able to get up to question i just look back is the portrait are the portraits still intact yeah the portraits seem to still be intact okay i'm gonna go take a look at the portraits okay i want to see if they're magical like i want to see if there's like properties to them or like i'm like putting my hand over them yeah. to like feel yeah like just give me, give me like a weird check right, 10 you just start trying to see like if the paintings themselves are magical you just blind yourself because this entire room is just admitting with just energy all right all right, all right. Yeah. and also when you do that 
everything like you, you see all that but then each of you there was an item that you were holding at the floorboard where harold was standing there's like a little inkwell that lights up winston has a feather in his hand that lit up conrad has a uh, pair of binoculars around his neck that are slightly growing and monty um you can see that he has a uh, kind of a piece of paper sticking out of his back pocket that lights up a little bit i take my piece of parchment out and like i treat it like it's on fire i start screaming i'm like ah what is this what is this get it away from me and i throw it into the air and it slowly does an ascent to the ground a little glowing piece of parchment conrad stomps it <gasps> oh thank god All right, conrad are you really stomping it yeah like as if it's on fire uh, so Conrad goes to stomp it as if it's on fire and immediately like lands one foot on it and then just gets propelled back and thrown into the wall. You're not going to take any harm, but you definitely had the wind knocked out of you. That seemed like a bad idea. Just a little bit. I realize that now. You know what? I suddenly feel a whole lot safer you in should. a room full. I'm an expert at this type of thing. What? <laughs> What? This type of thing? Yeah, someone say, like, I'm the expert on this. He hinted broadly. <laughs> okay, sure. What, I, what I is... will take your word for it. <laughs> also, I didn't tell you all what my name is. I'm Wynn. Hello. Hey, Wynn. This is weird. I'm <laughs> assuming that you guys didn't kidnap me. Um, so you said where we were. I don't know where that is. I don't know what that is. Did you guys all just talk? To a weird hologram lady in a room similar to this with places to stand on the floor. I had a hologram lady yell at me as my friends were dying. We were inside of a video game. I was in there with my dad and two of my friends. I came from a place with a lot of denim and I'd like to leave it at that. So while they're conversating, I kind of nervously look away and I look back at the portrait mm -hmm. and I pull out my knife. And I jam, I'm assuming that it has a cause effect reaction on what just happened. I jam it into the portrait while I look over and I drag my knife through the whole portrait. Uh, you do that and uh, nothing seems to happen from stabbing the portrait. And I cry. I sob. Did that, wait, did that cut a hole in, my pic in the picture? And one of the pictures, not in yours. Hey, that's, that that's, was, that's my, one, that's I was going my after, friend. Should I, I specify that I was going after... Oh, yeah, you're going after Harold? Yeah, I am going after Perfect. Harold. Yeah, so I'm looking at Harold while I do it. I look him in the eyes. like I'm like going back and forth. I'm like, devil! And I stab it into the picture and try to cut it. Oh, yeah, so no, nothing nothing happens to the photo of you <laughs> or Harold. <laughs> I was just picturing, like, in some other podcast, someone just died. <laughs> like, right. you just oh, always... You, you figured out my voodoo doll <laughs> portrait of Dorian Gray puzzle. <laughs> so I have... This lovely little thing called telepathy. I would very much like to just sort of pop into your mind, uh, Monty, and just just sort of check in and see uh, what the hell's going on. So you, you give me a weird check, Winston. From a casual observer, it seems like it's going great in there. <laughs> that is a 10. You try to pierce Monty's head, and you do it, and there is a deathly eerie silence inside of Monty's head. Oh, that's odd. I'm gonna just pop right back out of there. All right. That was weird. And I'm looking right at you as you were doing it. I don't know that I like that. So about the fire, <laughs> that escape route in the ceiling slash roof area, about how high is it? It does seem like it is just like a single story hotel. 
So it is probably about eight feet up in the air that you can make your way out up to it. Like a straight jump would probably get it or like. Yeah, because there's, there's some like clamber. debris and stuff like that that you can grab onto. So you can like make your way up there. If you want to try to like get up there, you can give me an act under pressure with a cool check. Actually, I'll give you an act under pressure with a sharp check because I read about this type of thing, you know, climbing and such. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Jump, jumping. <laughs> y'all ever heard of jumping? I see the trick is to bend your knees. That'll be a 10. So y'all just see Conrad just kind of like look at the conversation like of like Winston trying to pierce through Monty, Monty stabbing a picture of Harold and Harold just being like, what the fuck? And then Conrad just kind of shimmies his way up and gets on the roof. So what's it looking like? Looks taller. If you want, Conrad, you can give me a read a bad situation roll. That would be an 11. Oh, yeah, you get to ask three questions. Let's go with, uh, what's my best way out? You do look and see that the, where the fire escape on this building was, it has collapsed. But what you do see is that what's there's... What's the best way out, though? <laughs> um, but what you do see is the best way out for you is you're looking around and then you notice that on the other side of the roof, you can jump down to where there are some abandoned cars lining the side of the building to where it's not like an easy jump, but it's, you know, less of a distance. And that's the best way for you uh, to get out and off the roof. What's the biggest threat? Well, looking for the best way off of the roof, you are going to each side. And so you go to like to the west side, go to the east side, and you go back to the west side just to double check. And on your second return to the west side of the building, you start to like notice in the distance, it seemed like there's just a bunch of beasts from every side of you just like coming towards this area. And and you're like trying to, you know, you have binoculars on you and you can like look in them and see like it's just a a just smorgasbord of creatures. They all seem very feral and beast-like. And so it's not necessarily any like extraterrestrial creatures or things like that, but it seems like you know a lot of your a lot of your were creatures, um, standard were creatures, your, sta- your standard were creatures, terrifying animals that we're yeah. used to from manticores, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. like. They're not like on the building that you're at, but it just does seem like to you that they are all walking in one direction and you're at the center of it. Gotcha. There's some some winged creatures coming from the sky. There seems to be these like giant, they look like monstrous vultures, but they're all coming in uh, towards you. So that's that's the second one. What's the third question? I guess the third question would be, uh, what's the best way to protect the victims, i.e. us? So you're trying to look around for the best way to protect you and you hear some weird, it sounds like a pit stop on the side of a building and you kind of like look in and there is a giant hole in the wall and a body of just a massive manticore just destroyed. And then next to it, where you hear the source of uh, some sounds, is a convertible that looks in pristine condition. I'll just uh, kind of look down through the hole towards the uh, our ghostly friend and just be like, so were there a whole bunch of uh, creatures when you were out here last? Like, hordes? Harold flies up through the hole to look and is... Oh, go. Oh, uh, uh, I, I, I handed my binoculars. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Uh, the, he can't. He, you, have, you can touch these binoculars. Oh, well, I, I am surprised at looking at your binoculars and hold them up and begin having to 
Oh, no, no, yeah. no, none of that. Yeah, that Harold was, looks out and sees like a chupacabra. Is, this is, none of this was happening. This, we did the, the, the manticore. That's, and that when was, you look down at the manticore, you do see Lope's car is now completely fixed. It's, it's better than you've ever seen it. And the last time you did see it is whenever it was like being driven in to the manticore. That is remarkable. You guys want a ride? Somebody has to drive. Oh, I could drive. I don't have my license. We're good here. I think we can handle this. Uh, and Harold tries to fly down to get Winston and um and, and and Monty. Thank you. Face stabby. While Conrad and Harold were having these conversations, what were Winston and Monty doing down in the room? So I took out my phone. I started to send a text to my dad, mm-hmm. and then I realized wherever my dad is, he probably doesn't have his phone. Because he just wouldn't. Instead of that, I decided I was going to email my weird ghost friend. Hey, I have no idea where I am. I don't know what's happening. Some weird shit seems to be going on. I think I need assistance. And that's the end of the email to the ghost friend. You get one of the fastest responses you've ever got back from that email. And it just says, don't trust him. And you see that and like you're looking up at Monty earlier whenever the pizza driver like the car crashed and you saw what you thought was hitting uh, your mom behind Monty you see a flash your mother is standing there and then she blinks away and it's at the same time that you get the email that says don't trust him. So I run up I grab the phone out of Winston's hand and um there's gonna be yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's do it. Let's so do it. it's going to be an act of pressure okay. from Monty, so that's plus cool. Okay. I'm 1,000% about to jinx you, though. Yeah, and then, yeah, Mon- you both are going to be doing something at once. So Monty roll, act under pressure, and then Winston, you can do your jinx at the same time. Harold, Harold is, goes to get his bottle his, uh, of that's ink. That's a 10. Ooh, a 4. Okay. Uh, so... Pretty much what happens is uh, Monty like goes to like take your phone and just fumbles under the uh, under the frame of the photograph of Harold that he like tore and ripped off. And so Monty just face plants in front of you, Winston. What does your hex do? The aim for me is just immobilize basically everything except the head. I want him to be able to speak. I do not want him to move. You like catch him like mid trip. And so like his body is like, he's just barely like on like, you know, half a foot and he's falling in air, but everything is frozen except for uh, his head. So Monty can speak here and listen, but everything else is uh, is kind of frozen. This is like happening like at, like at the same time. So like Harold is coming back down a little bit, but before that happens, what's happening between Winston and uh, Monty? I start sobbing. I'm, I'm sobbing and I'm like, you don't understand. They tracked us down with phones last time. That was how they killed all of us. They found out how we were texting. This is going to be so much easier if you just think through the things that happened to you previously and I just watch them. I'm rolling a lot of tens. So you got you got a ten, and you're trying to just to see inside of Monty's head. Yep. But so Winston starts to just look deep into Monty. Winston then sees what time was like before creation happened. Winston sees an infinite void of everlasting nothingness, and then Winston just sees a spark and 
He sees everything after that. He sees worlds upon worlds upon worlds stacking, ever expanding outward. And you see Monty as what was before this spark happened. And you just get the sense and you hear your mom's voice again of, don't trust him. And you come back and Monty is now fully mobile again. Uh, oh. So I put my hand up to his face. Yeah. And I do a necromantic blast. All right. Shit. Five. As soon as this happens, Harold pops back down and sees like Winston staring into nothingness as Monty tries to like do a necromantic blast on Winston's face. And Harold, you, without having to roll, just instinctually grab Monty's hand and are able to hold it, even though normally you can't interact with corporeal things, but like you're able to just like hold his hand back and Harold, uh, you can go ahead and do an action because you just saw what just blatantly looks like Monty trying to take down Winston. You are way, way more aggressive than this situation merits. Will you please slow down? <laughs> if I right. slow down, we'll die. Oh, um, I kind of just want to uh, harm him to knock him out if that's... Yeah, do it. I mean, well, that's not great for me, so... No, that's a four, so uh, I try and... Uh... You trying to do that and the necromatic blast that uh, Monty was trying to hit uh, Winston with... As soon as you try to like phase into his body with your hand, like that energy just comes back on you and you're gonna take two harm um, and it is magic. And then Conrad, you definitely do hear a commotion coming from the hotel room that you just left. Do I still have my, uh, my immediate inventory on me? Yeah, you have your immediate inventory on you. Perfect. I would like to use my shotgun. I would like to fire a warning shot. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much just what happens uh, is you don't have to roll for anything like that. Conrad, you're just standing over the hole, like, looking down and just let off a shotgun blast right above everybody. And you all look up and Conrad is above you and has a shotgun just pointed down. And a little bit of a stern look, just like... <laughs> just gonna lash out a little bit with some form of energy to just sort of knock the shotgun out of your hand because I'm annoyed. Give me a weird roll. Another one. Oh, this one is bad. This one's a five. <laughs> you go to knock the shotgun out of Conrad's hand. What you do is just knock his finger on the trigger. And so you're going to take two harm as you take a buckshot in the leg, Winston. Uh, no. As you just make Conrad shoot down at you. So that's a that's three, yeah. No, you just I take two. You you're just two. you're just taking two. It's a little reduced. Oh, just, 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 just winged you. Just winged you. Still right. still fucking hit you. And then also the door uh, was open and the magical barrier was broken. And it's been long enough that the fire is starting to like catch up to the room you're in. Uh, I'll just take advantage of the situation. Now, if no one else wants to get shot, they need to get up here on the roof now. Well, how the shit am I supposed to get on the roof now? God damn it, you just shot me. Can I roll sharp to see if I have like a little bit of rope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe some quartered yeah, up denim. Yeah, you have that. <laughs> don't you have you have the expert move of that, right? Yes, yeah. that is perfect. That's a 12. Just rope on the ground. Just yeah, flip. like as soon as Winston says like, how am I supposed to get up? Like Conrad just like pulls a strap on his backpack and like just a, a thing of like rope just falls down um, as he like wraps his arm around one end and like braces himself. 
convenient. Yeah, and so Winston, you can you can climb up. What are uh, Harold and Monty doing as as Winston's climbing up? I I also scrambled. I'm gonna try to scramble to the top. Uh, the shotgun blast scared me. Okay, and what's Harold doing? He's gonna drink his bottle of ink. Okay, and then he's going to just phase out and sort of stay, but like off of a different part of the roof. Yeah, because everyone's. I uh, give me a, give me a weird again. check once you drink your bottle of ink. That is a ten. After you drink it, you, you kind of get the suspicion there's a piece of parchment that was left behind. And I float down and grab, try and grab that. And you are able to grab that. And I bring it with me. All right, so yeah, all of you are now on top of the roof together. Uh, Conrad, you kind of had the lead on this, what with the shotgun. And also, Winston, you're definitely, you know, a little hurt with your... With your gunshot in your leg, uh, what, are, what are the four of you doing? And Monty is definitely just like frantically running around and just... Uh, yeah, I point over at the car. We should use it to get out of here. Wise counsel indeed, friend. Well, I wish someone thought of that earlier. Everybody, if you're all hopping down with the exception of Harold, because he is a ghost and can just fly, give me an act under pressure for the hop down. This was in the second chapter of a book I read on jumping yeah. called Falling. Well, you'll also, you'll also get a plus one, Conrad, since you'd already like scattered everything out. That is a seven for me. Twelve for me with all my bonuses. Conrad just parkours, and Conrad is an older dude, and you did not <laughs> expect that kind of mobility out of him. At one point, you're like, he didn't, he didn't do a cartwheel down the side of just a of a building, right? That's no, it can't be. But like Conrad, before anyone else can get down there, is just already inside of the driver's seat of of <laughs> the of the car that's just right next to this giant manticore carcass. Flip the visor down, catch keys. Monty and Winston, you two make it down. It's a little bit more of a shimmy, but you know, I think you're also both a little weary of each other right now and eyeballing as you're trying to get 1, down. Right, are we? We're not, are we in the car? We're just around the car. Where are you're, we? Right you're now? getting down. Um, I'm getting down. Right so now? you're like getting down to like the front of the building to then walk through the giant hole in front of it that like leading into where the car is. Okay, cool. Conrad, can I see those binoculars for a sec? Like uh, Harold floats over and. Can I see those binoculars for a second? Yeah, sure. Uh, just not even thinking about, like, I'm pinning a physical item to a ghost. Just like, yep. Uh, I fly up, and mm -hmm. is this a ring of monstrous animals? Is this coming from one direction, or are we just going to drive in any direction and hit a wall of animals? You fly up and start to, like, look with the binoculars, and are, like, just spinning around. And without doing anything, since you have binoculars, you grab the parchment, and then you drink some ink, the ink is now just kind of like seeping out of your body and is floating around the parchment as like you're looking, like every time you look at like a new creature or monster, like a little more ink comes out of your ghost body and is like floating next to the parchment. But also to answer your other question, yes, it does look <laughs> like there is just a giant ring of monsters, but this definitely grabs your attention first because you're like, Hey, how many monsters? Why in the fuck is this happening? And then you do double check, and it is, yes, a ring of a shit ton of, like, monsters coming towards you. And they, they seem to be, like, the closest one seems to be about 500 yards out. Hi, gang. Couple of things. Uh, I got weird pocket ink paper things. But also, we're not getting far in this. There are going to be a lot of um, monster animals handing the binoculars back. And they'll be here in... I'm going to go with soon and sooner if we drive. Well, I mean, looking at it this way, this is a V8. Good car. American car. Dude, I saw Mothman, Chupacabra, and a Yeti. I'm I like, mean, we could try it. I'm like, huh, well, I'm going to go with Yetis the V8. Are big, we'll just avoid the Yeti. 
So Winston's gonna grab good old feather thingy, mm-hmm. sort of dab the end of it in the in the floating ink. As soon as Winston does that, like the feather pops out of his hand and immediately just starts writing down everything that the binoculars witnessed. Oh, well, that's a neat little trick. I'ma just read it. Oh, it, oh, it tickles. Yeah, and you you just start reading along, and like, sure enough, it is it is just like. A list of everything that Harold just told you he saw up there of different monsters and on some of them like uh, they have like notes on different ones of like sizes of ones like the pack uh, order that some of them are going in and it seems the parchment itself is just a singular piece of paper but as the ink is like being embedded into it by the feather itself the text is just scrolling upward in the parchment as information is just getting filled over and over in it. That shit's wild. It's like one of those apple pod things. Probably 300, 400 meters from here is a wall of monstrous animals. Yeah, are you checking, are you looking at them again? I gave the binoculars back because okay. I know about how far they are and that seems horrible. We should have a real plan. I could just fly away, but they're coming from the sky. So looking at the list, do we see like a particularly small pack? Like uh, anything about grill height or lower? There are things, there's like a little drawing of them. They kind of look like the little critter monsters, the little ball, like little fur ball things. Tribbles. Tribbles, you know, from Star Trek. Uh, they look like that. And there is like a pack of them roaming that kind of seems like they'd be the easiest to mow through when you're like <laughs> reviewing the notes. Do you remember that game Red Rover? Yeah. I think we're going to try that and just back out car <laughs> uh harold phases into the car i'll just be in the vehicle before monty gets into the car i am going to try to summon a monster into the world okay and the manticore body is still there right yeah can i revive the manticore uh yeah oh, give me a shit. weird check i want to help entirely Ten. Oh, all right man. um wait do you do, do, that's okay. So it's an 11. <laughs> Winston is helping from within the car. Does he have to roll to help? I mean, still, it's still going to be a success regardless. Okay, okay. Uh, and so Winston is excited and you just all oh. see Monty reach his hand out towards the manticore corpse and the corpse itself starts to rumble. And what it looks like is from the actual stomach, like from the actual like rib cage of the manticore itself is just birthing a skeletal manticore creature that just has it's a manticore oh yeah yeah and it just and it just has like giant it has giant fangs and claws and like it steps out and then you see like it like stretch its back and a set of bone wings just expand from the back oh come on we just finished killing that yes but this one is on our team. No, and it's a skeleton. That's way cooler, I admit. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. It's on our team, I guess. This is a real fucked situation. I think we should probably start driving. Does the Monticore have independent, like, is it its own creature? No, it's, yeah, it's under your control. Oh, no, I'm saying does it have, like, its own stats and stuff? Like, I don't even know. The creature itself can take four harm of damage. Okay. And then it does two harm every time it hits. I just did a bunch of whole, whole bunch of crap, yeah. so someone else go ahead. Well, I, we need I'm gonna to... take this plot vehicle and drive it forward. So you better get in this car. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. I guess you're right. You're right. That yeah. is a, that is a point. I'm gonna attack the car with the Manticore. The car. I hate My this car? guy. 
Yeah, it's gonna try to do like a T Rex. Conrad's like backing the car up uh, to like get it out because you gotta like do like you know you gotta back it up, pushing it a little bit, back it up, going a little bit. You know, uh, it definitely was like driven through a building. But you now see this Montecore skeleton is running straight for the car, Conrad, with the three of you in it. So give me an act under pressure roll as you're trying to drive this car and avoid this uh, this skeletal beast. The reason why I knew it was a Montecore is because I read about something like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best trait. It's the best trait ever. You could write a book about any subject. <laughs> so that's a six. That's a two. But I'm sharp, so that makes it a 10. You see this coming and just like slam on the gas to where you go deeper into the uh, Mideosin. But what you're surprised about is as soon as you hit a wall and you think like there's going to be some damage on this car. It seems that this car like didn't take any kind of damage whatsoever as it like drove through. And the Montecore just barely misses, but is now like turning around and like facing you so you can see it in your rear view mirror. I'm gonna just stare at this Montecore. I'm imagining more fire. I don't really know what that's going to do to a skeleton, but gonna light it on fire. I guess so give me a weird check. That is an eight. The Montecore lights on fire. It does seem to be hurt by fire, actually. Um, which is weird since it is just made of bone. Um, it's going to take two harm. And as soon as Winston does that, he hears a voice in his head say, No such thing as psychics. And you, for uh, right now, feel like you've lost the connection to your spooky friend. Wow. Oh, that's a problem. Oh, something's wrong. Um. Yeah, lot, lots of stuff right now. I could name. Go on. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> Obviously, everything is fucked. The world is on fire at this moment. It's not great. I was referring to something else. You know what? I'm not going to talk about it. It's fine. It's fine. I'll figure this out. We can talk about it while we're driving away from here towards the, the trill hole. Let us keep driving indeed. Let us keep doing that. We're leaving this one then, right? I mean, I don't... He's done. Yeah, there's a there's a Montecore that just jumps on top of the car as you all have a very casual conversation. He's way not chill. Have you noticed that? I would like to use my shotgun to kick some ass. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing little splashy things through the windows. Doing the doing yeah, the, the so claws, yeah, try to kick some ass on the Montecore. Does not seem like uh, the Montecore is able to actually break or scratch through anything, even the glass itself on this. Okay, so it's not really the, the car is clearly magic. So I'll just throw that out there. Hang on a second. And hopes to fly, phase through the back of the vehicle, come find, Harold does this to come find Monty. So, and hoping to sneak up on him by just passing through objects. So yeah, give me, give me an, uh, act under pressure, give me a cool check. I am ten cools. Wait, you trying to go after Monty or the Montecore? Monty. Okay, that's all, just make sure. And where am I? So you, you, I think you were probably just like walking yeah. up a little bit. So I was you, like cowered away. Yeah. So you uh, were cowered away and are paying attention to the Montecore on top of the yeah, car. Yeah. You got like as he sneaks up behind me, I'm just like yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, uh, yeah and then Harold, uh, you do sneak up behind uh, Monty. And I don't want to say Vulcan nerve pinch, but like I kind of want to just hit him in the back yeah. of the neck with a little bit of a roll to kick some ass. Well. Doesn't go great for me. As soon as uh, you try to do that, Monty is like cowering in front of you. But what's very weird is like 
You see Monty's head turn around, but it's not like his physical head. There's like a shadow version of Monty that like turns around and looks at you. Monty's physical head is still looking forward. And as soon as like Monty looks at you, all of the ink that you had in your body just starts like shooting out everywhere uh, out of your body. And you're going to take one harm. That's bad. Monty, what are you doing? Yeah, I see this. And my, while my like regular self is still like being a ner- really nerdy puppeteer, and he's like, yeah, slash him up, slash him up, get him. The shadow me is like walking right over to Harold and uh, does another. Uh, can I grab him in this, like in this state? As he, yeah. I know he's like a phantom, but. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Y- your, y- your shadow form can definitely interact with his. Yeah, uh, I grab him by the throat and I do. But the same effect as a, necro, a yeah. necromantic blast. All right, so roll plus weird. That's an 11. Is it two or three harm? It is. Uh, blast is two harm, and necromantic adds life drain. All right, so you're gonna take one harm because still incorporeal yeah. provides yeah. A, an Monster. armor. Yeah. Um, would would necromantic get through that? I don't even. I don't. I don't want like argue. Not, not point for like that. not for this because okay, it's still right, cool. it's yeah. Wanna... Um, but but you if you had taken any harm, you're healed out. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and so you, Conrad, noticed that, like, oh, wait a minute, Harold, the ghost, is next to me, and then you look once again in the rearview mirror, and uh, you just see a weird shadow Monty reach out of the back of physical Monty and grab Harold by the neck and is just choking him. Quickly look at Winston and it's like, so, I'm going to do something rash here. Uh, oh, and I'm just going <laughs> to floor it and... I would like to use the car to strike the physical Monty. Okay, so uh, you give me a. This is gonna be a tough roll. Because if I, if just to make sure I'm understanding this correct situation correctly, Monty's a dick, right? No, you're getting a pretty good beat on it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I came from a really tough world. All right. I mean, I'm imagining that that's probably the case. <laughs> However, I still a little bit want to kill you. I like how Winston's like, I don't know, still a little bit out. Winston spends a lot of time on the internet, so he, he'll give some passes, you know. Oh, that was a pretty chill sure, skeleton. Like, yeah, he could have a point. We, 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 we had a Monty Corps summon, and now it's attacking the vehicle that I'm in. Which I, I'm dubbing the Gertrude Mach 4. And I thought I helped with this shit. <laughs> that was a bad idea. It's, on, it's gonna I'm... be on our side, you said. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a kick some ass tough roll from uh, Conrad. I'm not sure how this will work, but I would like to use my precise strike when I inflict harm on a monster. I can aim for a weak spot. Yeah, you're gonna go for his body, the car shaped part. <laughs> yeah, my body is my weak yeah. spot. The whole body. My bones. <laughs> How'd you know? So that's a, that's a thirteen. So you just reverse back, slam into Monty, sending the physical Monty just flying like out in the road, and. Stop perfectly to where Harold and Shadow Monty are now just sitting in the car with you. And this is kind of like a wacky situation where like Shadow Monty was still choking Harold. And now they're just in the back seat, like fighting each other inside of the car. And what is Winston going to do? I'm going to punch Shadow Monty in the face. I have no idea if it's going to work. I'm going to try it because honestly, at this point. So yeah, uh, <laughs> g- g- give me a tough roll. Try to kick some ass. Oh shit. That's a seven. I don't like it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> you raise up your fist to go punch Shadow Monty 
and you feel like your mom's hand is just like holding yours as you like ball up a fist and you see kind of some light shine from it as you do make contact with this shadow form. So Monty, you're gonna take two harm and then Winston, you're gonna take one harm in exchange because as soon as the light dissipates, your hand looks a little burnt. Oh, fucker. And then Harold, you are no longer being choked after Shadow Monty got punched. Well, having recently come in contact with this this necrotic energy, Harold has leveled up and is now using unholy strength. So he'll be rolling weird instead of tough and attempts to uh, puncture the sides (laughs) of his colleague. Uh, Rolls a seven, so... Yeah, what are you... So you're just trying to fight with... I mean, I'm just going to try and roll him out of the car. Like, I phase him out of the car. Yeah, I think you just grab and... Shadow Monty and the two of you, like, phase out, and you'll each just take one harm. Shadow Monty is now out of the car in, in, a, in a tussle with Harold. Where is Monticore? Monticore is on top of the car. Monticore can go ahead and do a thing. Yeah, Monticore is just going to take one hand and do, like, a what I call a shing with one nail and then just slice it into the car. Uh-huh. Whatever effect that does. Trying to stab trying yeah. to stab one of them to death. Give me a sharp roll because Monticore keeps trying to stab into it, but the car with the claws because they're sharp. But, I'm but trying to the, go through the, the window. Yeah. But but that's why you're gonna give me a sharp roll because Monticore realizes he needs to like find a way in by opening the door. Okay, okay. Eight. You see that the Monticore now understands like a velociraptor of like, wait a minute, click, click, click. This is how I do it. And so, Conrad, you have one second to act before this giant Monticore opens up the door that seems to be impenetrable, but not locked. I'm driving. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to get to the back seat from the front seat without losing the car part. I mean, you could just try to, like, drive forward through another wall and just knock this thing off of you. I think that's what I'll do, is I'll look for, like, a low-hanging, like, piece of rubble. Yeah, and so you're, you're able to do that. You've read a book about uh, low-hanging rubble for sure. <laughs> well, you read, a si- you read a sign driving up a mountain once that said falling rocks, and you're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> That's a nine. All right, so... Is, is that going to be good? Because I'm also I'm feeling like I should use some luck. It's up to you if you want to make it a luck. It, it, it's a mixed success, so you're not failing this. Can I help out with some encouraging words? I believe in you. <laughs> Go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, he got a nine, so if you roll a help out, which is uh, plus cool, you can you can attempt to. Fabulous. He's 16. He has to be cool, right? All 16-year-olds are cool. Well, it's a seven. So when you get a mixed success on help out, you do give them a plus one, but you do open yourself to dangers. So Winston starts to scream, all right, go, 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 go. And as he slams his hand down, um, he accidentally, like, rolls the window down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) To where you drive forward and are able to knock the Monticore off of the top, but before you could have done that, it already got a claw in and was grabbing Winston, so he's just ripped Winston out of the car door. The car door is still intact, but it just got, like, knocked open from the force of Winston hitting it from the inside. And so, Winston, you're going to take one harm as the Monticore now has you on the ground. And, Conrad, it seems like you were able to get the creature off the top of it, but where you have, like, driven the car, one of the wheels is, like, uh, one of the back wheels is, like, propped up to where it can't get any traction, so you can't move the car anymore currently. 
And now I'm unstable. Physical Monty is now getting back up and walking. And as you see Monty walking in, there's a horde of bestial creatures all around you. And what's really terrifying is you see there was some that were in the sky. But as you see all of these walking towards you, you start to see wings sprouting out of every creature that didn't already have wings as they just start to take flight and come in on you faster. And Shadow Monty and Harold are fighting still. Winston is on the ground with a uh, Montecore above him, and Conrad is uh, in the car. So is this a Mo- Monty and Harold right now? Yeah, Shadow uh, Monty and uh, Harold. Shadow Monty, H- Harold, I don't know if you're up for it, but I'm imagining a pretty cool Dragon Ball Z style fight with ghosts in the sky. I don't know <laughs> if you'd be down to <laughs> do something like that, but I think it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to lift him up into the whoever. You each just give me a weird role, okay. conte- like okay. contesting one another. That's an eleven. So is mine. Wow. So you do. This is both this is of a you great do battle. have a Dragon Ball Z yeah! fight as you just start to see the two of them ghost flashing in and out <laughs> around the room, and then every time they try to land a ghost blow, they have a ghost block just right up for it. The, you know, and and then every move they say, they do say ghost in front of it, yeah. you know. Ghost yeah, jab, ghost parry. Sh- shouting every single move that we're doing. Can I help Harold? Yeah, you can help Harold during all of this. So roll the help out. There's still the cool scene of them blinking in and out everywhere. Just just to get him to one up. All right. What am I rolling for this? Uh, that's plus cool. I don't suppose I read about this sort of thing. No, not for helping out. You've never read about helping out? No. There's like so did many need, books about that. Didn't need it. I got a 10. I have one cool. So, yeah, so you uh, give Harold a plus one. So there's, like, the two of you are blinking in and out (laughs) everywhere, and then Conrad realizes that y'all are just kind of going in a pattern into the exact same places, and you're both, like, calling out your moves before you do them. Because it was cheaper to animate that way. Yeah, (laughs) the afterlife has to be made inexpensive somehow. (laughs) So Conrad realizes that there's a pattern to this and is able... Uh, to just like let off a shotgun blast at the right time to distract Shadow Monty to where Harold eventually just gets to like grab him and without trying banish Shadow Monty. Oh well that's that's never happened before, but you didn't use ghost banish. And as this is happening, Winston is on the ground and the Montecore is about to like stab him and then out of a black mist steps out Lope and he just pulls out his gun, blasts the Montecore and it just disintegrates. Physical Monty starts to try to walk up and say something to Lope and Lope doesn't even look over at him. He just shoots Monty in the head as Monty falls down dead. Fabulous. Lope picks up a six pack from his belt, throws a beer to Conrad, throws a beer to Winston, throws a beer through Harold, and then he looks at Harold and goes, Good news. Got a new hunt. Beams of light surround all four of you again. Once they dissipate, Harold, you're now with your original team in the Midios Inn.
Seasons was created and edited by Joel Ruiz and is a property of the Critical Bits podcast. Narration by Jack David. Opening tracks provided by People Need Goals. Featuring voices of Adam LeGrave, Rebecca Parks, David Rodriguez and Beck Shepard. Seasons cast list is as follows. Danielle Bryn, Cole Burkhart, Kyle Classett, Brian Eamond, Alex Flanagan, Brandon Leon Gambetta, Taylor Johnson, Shelby Lee, Zalavia Nelson Jr., Jack Packard, Renee Rhodes, Eve Smith, Shannon Strucci, Patrick Tracy, Dallas Wheatley, and Aaron Willems. For links to the cast's Twitter, People Need Goals music, and more info on the show, please visit seasonsminiseries.com. Also, please consider supporting Critical Bits on Patreon, so they can continue to bring you more actual play events.